This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So welcome to a special edition of the Chelsea Fancast, something that I've been wanting to do for for quite a long time now, actually. But uh, the way we do the show now kind of lends itself to this kind of thing. But basically, when we've got a big match on, uh, is to have some sort of a head-to-head with uh, somebody who kind of does what we do, but on behalf of their own club, and uh, and have a little bit of a debate about the match coming up. And, and, And this first one, I'm delighted to say, We've got Oliver Bond, who is the brains behind Anfield HQ, which is a very large uh, kind of website and Twitter following. I'm sure Ollie will tell us all about that in a minute. Um, but I had the absolute pleasure of uh, sitting next to Oliver two years ago at the Football Blogging Awards uh, when we, we both won awards that night. Uh, remind me, Oliver, what was, what was your award for? Um, a couple of years ago, it was, the, it was the best club blog, I think, I believe. That's right. So, uh, possibly, possibly, arguably, even more uh, impressive than the uh, best best podcast. But I'll, I'll leave that for others to judge. <laughs> but uh, t- tell us a little bit about Anfield HQ before we kind of get into all of this. Yes. Yeah, so, so obviously, Anfield HQ is is you know just over three years old. Um, it, it's got a bit of everything. It's sort of started off as a as a as a Twitter account really, and sort of grew from there. Um, I mean, it, it's now sort of a, a you know a largely respected website, which sort of gets um, a good amount of views each month. We've, we've sort of grown grown our presence on Twitter, on on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's an all round sort of jack of all trades now. Um, basically, just providing Liverpool fans with with the latest news, updates, interviews. Um, um, you know, one place for, for everything Liverpool, really. And I don't need to tell you it's bloody hard work. So well done for you for putting in the effort <laughs> in. I know what it, I know what it's like. Um, anyway, the reason I've got you on on the line, obviously, is to talk about uh, the game coming up. But uh, before we do that, um, you know, something that that always interests me, and and and, and I, I should declare for self disclosure reasons, I'm a little bit older than Ollie, uh, lucky man that he is. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I remember in the '80s, you know, there wasn't obviously, you know, we, we were not the team that we are now, and Liverpool, of course, were 
you know, the team of the 80s. Uh, and there wasn't, I would say, as much of a rivalry uh, on or off the pitch as there is now. And it does intrigue me a bit because, of course, most rivalries are... I mean, you know, like Liverpool and Everton, of course, you know, neighbours. We, we, we've got a big rivalry with a lot of the London clubs and, of course, Leeds for various historical reasons. Um, but I, I'd say there is a pretty serious rivalry between the two clubs and the supporters, isn't there, Oli? I mean, would you agree with that? And why do you think that is? Um, I mean, but both clubs have obviously had, you know, a, a large degree of success, especially sort of in the last 10 to 15 years. I mean, there was obviously, you know, managerial fractions between Rafa Benitez and, and Jose Mourinho. Um, I think that's sort of, you know, where, where a lot of it really sort of, you know, a lot of the uproar sort of came from um, originally. But I, I think, you know, two successes of the club are there to be seen. Um, you know, especially the Champions League nights at Anfield, 2005, 2006. Uh, you know, there was there was the, the, the Rafa's rants with Jose Mourinho. Um, and I, I just think it's, it's, you know, one of those where, um, Liverpool and Chelsea fans are, you know, similar to Liverpool and, and Manchester United. That, that you know, they're just two extremely successful clubs, um, who, who, who you know just just want to compete with each other and, and, and do as well as possible. Yeah, I, I think you know, I think the modern day rivalry, you know, in many respects started, uh, you know, what for us was an incredibly momentous game. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there actually, but in uh, uh, two thousand and three, uh, when it was almost like a playoff for who would get into the Champions League. And, you know, the rumours were abounding that if we hadn't have won that game and got into the Champions League, we were in serious trouble of going into administration. And, of course, we won it. And uh, Zola put Carragher on his arse, which I f- fondly remember. And uh, about a week later, Roman Abramovich took over the club and pumped lots of money into it. And the rest, as they say, is history. So I think that's when the modern-day rivalry started. I mean, it's interesting, Ollie. You may, you may not know this, but, uh, you know, back a long time ago, um, you know, very unusually, considering the somewhat violent times we were living in then you know Chelsea supporters actually gave or allowed Liverpool supporters to have their own pub when they played uh, you know when they came and visited us at Stamford Bridge which very few if any other teams I think were recorded I forget which one it is some some somebody with a better memory than me might might well remember but I think it was either the Adelaide or the Wheat Chief so you know there there, there, it, there wasn't the nastiness that I think has crept in recently and I and I think you're right I think a lot of that was actually stoked up by a lot of the controversy in the matches, but also by the the, the pretty bad relationship between Mourinho and and Benitez. So, uh, so it's interesting, and I think particularly interesting in the in in, in the relationship that uh, perhaps Klopp and Conte may or may not have. I mean, what what do you think of all of that? I I, I think Conte and Klopp are, are very similar um, in sort of the, the the way they approach the game, the way they sort of you know the relationship they have with both their players um, and, and their fans as well. Um, you know, going back to your previous point, I also think that you know the amount of money that's sort of been pumped into Chelsea over the last ten to fifteen years. You know, I, I think there's there's a handful of Liverpool fans who sort of you know wished that 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 sort of money was coming coming into Anfield. Um, you know, Liverpool and their owners of of you know there's been sort of lo- a lot of controversy, lots of debate, um, lots of negativity around that. Um, as opposed to sort of you know when Chelsea go into a transfer window, they know that there's going to be a lot of money pumped into signing the, the best players possible, and that's completely different at Liverpool. But I think Klopp and Conte, are, you know, are, are not not to say good friends, but I think there's a lot of respect there for each other. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I've never seen sort of any animosity between the two of them. Um, I, I think there's you know a great deal of respect. I think they're very similar in the way they sort of you know pr- approach the game and they wear their heart on their sleeves when they're on the touchline. Um, and you know it, it's good to see in the modern game. I mean, Liverpool fans love the way Klopp handles um, the media, the press, uh, the, the, you know the entire game itself. And I think you know Chelsea fans sort of see something similar in the way Conte approaches the game as well. 
Yeah, I think I think that's very true. I think it's interesting what you say about the, the money creeping in because, of course, you know, uh, n- most Chelsea supporters, of course, would be very quick to tell you uh, a Liverpool supporter that, of course, you haven't won the Premier League title ever, and of course, we've won it five times. Dare I say it? Uh, while, of course, Liverpool supporters are very quick to kind of ram down our throats. We haven't got any history, which we find, you know, obviously quite amusing. Uh, and I just, I mean, you know, I remember when I was growing up, you know, and and. You know, I was a I was a kid and a, and a teenager in the 70s and the 80s, and you know every year Liverpool would nearly always break the, the British transfer record, and they would they would buy the the best British talent available every season, and then go on and win another uh, league title, and invariably the, the you know what was the European Cup in those days. So I think it kind of dispels this whole idea, doesn't it, that you know all clubs have spent money and I mean Liverpool have also spent money recently but I, I do have an element of sympathy with you with some of your owners I think Hicks and Gillette were beyond appalling and I and I, and, and I find something in a sense quite um, uncomfortable about American owners who basically own clubs to extend their sports franchises which in a sense is what FSF do isn't it FSG <laughs> FSG FSF where did that Football Supporters Federation that was a bit of a Freudian slip <laughs> Well, at least I didn't call them MSG, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I, I think FSG, it, they're a bit like Marmite. I think Liverpool fans either either love what they've done for the club or, or, or pretty much despise what they've done. Um, I mean, th- there's no Liverpool fan that, that's out there that's going to sort of um, argue against the fact that they did come in and, and sort of save the club at a time where, where we needed stability. Um, and, and FSG have given us stability. Um, you know, their, their transfer methods have, have remained consistent throughout. Uh, I think this is probably the summer just gone. It's probably the only summer where they've sort of changed tact a little bit and thought, you know what, we, we need to go and back the manager on his top targets here. Um, and unfortunately, this was the one summer where FSG were prepared to spend, but we couldn't land our top targets. Um, not all of them, anyway. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I think FSG have done a lot for Liverpool. I think they've made some mistakes, but, um, you know, all owners make mistakes. I, th- I think the way they've sort of handled those mistakes has been quite admirable at times I think you look at the ticket price freeze which was an absolute disaster um, from, from a Liverpool fan perspective but I mean they were they were pretty quick to rectify that one um, you, you know the, the, the transfer model hasn't always been you know great uh, but, but I, I think you know you can't lay all of the blame with the owners there I think a, a lot of it also has to you know you've got to look at the scout side of things and, and also the manager at the time um, but you know I, from, from my perspective I, I don't hate FSG I, I, th- I think they've you know they, as I said they provided a lot of stability for Liverpool when we needed it most are they sort of the owners to, to take us to the next level I, you know in the modern day game I'm not completely sure um, but I, you know, I, I've got no problems with, with them sort of staying on as they are at the moment I, I think Liverpool have progressed I think we are heading in the right direction um, and I think you know Klopp needs time and I think Liverpool fans need patience Well that's an interesting thing because I just wonder how patient they are because I mean you know it'd be interesting to ask you this question I mean you know what would it mean for Liverpool supporters to win the Premier League I mean my suspicions are they're they're very desperate for it but you might correct me on that uh, for, for, I mean, it's the first thing we are. I, I mean, if Liverpool were to win the Premier League, uh, you know, FSG would probably get a, a shrine um, or something. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I just I think Liverpool had such a good chance to win it a few years ago, and you know that none of that was down to FSG. Um, you know, that was down to to the manager. That was down to the, the mentality of the team. Um, you know, that's that, that, Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, it's just. I don't know. I, I think it's 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 one of those where um, Liverpool are heading in the right direction, but it feels like we've been going backwards for so many years. And Klopp's come in, and now we're sort of going back up again. But the Monday pressures of the game mean and expectations just just mean Liverpool fans want everything you know quickly, um, and it, it just isn't like that. Um, and and it, it won't be like that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the hope that kills you, Ollie. That, that I can tell you. But I think it must be very difficult because, I mean, you know, even we're finding that, I think, to a certain extent, that, you know, you've now got Man City coming in, you know, and we had a spell of being the richest club and we could buy who we wanted. And, and we've changed our... The club have changed their, their, their strategy on that, I think. And now you look at, look at Man City, who are effectively owned by a country, you know, and they can spend whatever they want. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a very different uh, world in football than it used to be. I mean, you, talking of Klopp, as we were a minute ago, I mean, do, do you think he's met Liverpool supporters' expectations? Um, I, I think Klopp came in at a time where Liverpool needed a, a real boost. Um, and, I, you know, there, there's been opportunities to win trophies. We, we could have won the, the League Cup. Uh, we could have won the Europa League. Um, we got to the semi-finals of, of the League Cup again last season. Obviously, you know we could have we could have gone on and won that. And it, it's it's been very much a what if scenario so far. Um, I think there has been a lot of progress made. I think Klopp's had to ship a lot of deadwood out of the out of the, the squad. Um, he's had to, to sort of try and stamp his own authority on, on, on that team. And I think this is very much a Klopp team now. I mean, there are very questionable decisions still um, over the fact, you know, why is Alberto Moreno still sort of, you know, first choice left back for Liverpool when, it, 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 you know, in my opinion, although he's improved this season, like, I really don't think he's, he's, he's a, you know, that the high quality Liverpool need. Um, in terms of expectations, it would have been nice to have won something by now. You know, I think Klopp said when he first came in, "I'll win a trophy inside three years." Um, and uh, you know, he's heading into his third year, um, and, and we've still won no trophies. I mean, obviously, yes, we, we, we've got into the Champions League, um, and that was big for Liverpool. But you know, it, it, it's a case where we can't sort of rest on our laurels. It's, it's time to, to push forward once again. Um, and this summer was a blow uh, to, to that. To be fair, um, but you know it, we are where we are. Um, we're, we're still in the FA Cup when it starts, top of the Champions League group, which is which is good. But obviously, the, you know that, that would have been expected considering the group we had, and and fifth in the Premier League. So I think there's plenty to build on. It hasn't been perfect, but um, I, I, I'm in no doubt that Jurgen Klopp is the right man to, to take Liverpool forward. Mm. Well, I mean, as you said, he's he's got you in the Champions League. Uh, this year, which which I would imagine is very important to Liverpool supporters, and uh, but I think it's a big year, isn't it, for Klopp? Because you know he said himself he wanted to win something, so you need to. And of course, there are only four trophies available. It's not quite as easy as people think. Uh, anyway, talking of the Champions League, uh, obviously we were both in action this week. Um, you know, we were out in uh, Azerbaijan, which is far from ideal. You know, even listening to Conte's press conference earlier, he, he's kind of on the one hand he's saying that he shouldn't make it an excuse, and on the other he's clearly making it an excuse. Um, but having said that, I think we, we, you know, we had quite an easy ride. It was a pretty easy win, and hardly, they hardly had to break sweat. Um, but on the other hand, Liverpool, of course, were playing Sevilla away, which is a tough game. Had a three-will, a three-nil lead, and then uh, somehow threw it away. So, you know, the relative experiences this this week, Ollie, in Europe for, for Chelsea and Liverpool. How, how do you think it will affect us, and how do you do you think it will affect you? Well, obviously, you know, Liverpool played on on the on the on the, the Tuesday, and it was. You know, it, it, that sort of game can really take its toll on the players. Three and a lap at half time. You know, we, we should have won that game. We should have been cruising. Klopp should have been able to take Shadi Amane, Mohamed Salah, Coutinho, Firmino all off with 20 minutes to go. Um, and it, it just wasn't like that. Obviously, we, we stayed over an extra night, so we flew back on the Wednesday. Did, did you fly back on the, the early hours of the Thursday morning? Is that when you? They came got up? yeah. They got back in at something like six in the morning. Yeah, and I know Conte. He's come out this this week. He's not been very happy with the, the fixture scheduling. No. I don't think. Um, but uh, you know, yes, a, a routine sort of win for you. Um, you know, the severe result for us really was 
you know, it, on one half was was mentally and emotionally draining, but on the other half, you know, Chelsea's probably the, you know, we're, we're playing Chelsea now, probably the perfect time. Um, you know, this is probably the perfect time to bounce back from from Tuesday. You know, Tuesday feels like a loss. It feels like a yeah. loss. To, yeah. Uh, but you know, if we can beat you guys on you know tomorrow and, and head into Sunday and you know saying we we, we got a point away at Sevilla and beat the champions at home, um, I don't think you'll find many Liverpool fans complaining. Yeah, I mean it, it's a big game for both sides and, and has been for some time. But I've got to be honest, Ollie. I think I think you know, yes, it's not ideal for us to to have to fly back from Azerbaijan and 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 really have very little preparation time before the game. But you know, given that uh, Liverpool's problems. I mean, really, haven't been, I mean, even since Brendan Rodgers' day, have, have been in defence, and the fact that you uh, did really well to be three 0 up and then let a three three nil lead slip. I mean, psychologically, for me, that's got to have an impact on the side. Um, I take your point about bouncing back, but uh, that'll be that will be weighing on their minds. I certainly hope, and I have a feeling it might be. Um, and looking at the back, I mean, you know, how worried are you about Liverpool's defence? Because it is it is still their Achilles' heel, isn't it? And Moreno was mentioned and. He certainly doesn't look like a left back to me. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it really is sort of you know two steps forward, about ten back with Liverpool. <laughs> I, you know, since we played Spurs at Wembley, that, that was probably the, one of the worst defensive performances I've, I've ever seen from Liverpool. Um, that, that that was you know rock bottom. That was sort of even worse than, than sort of Championship League one. It, it was schoolboy errors. Um, and since then, you know, Liverpool played a, a run of four games. They had Huddersfield at home, uh, Maribor at home. West Ham away and then Southampton at home, um, and we conceded one goal in, in, in that period. And sort of, you know, a lot of the national press, a lot of the local press, yeah, a lot of the fans were saying how we, we've sort of matured, we've turned a corner, and then we go to Sevilla, go three 0 up. You know, every, everyone's you know happy Delali, and, and then that happens. Um, and I, I, it is really a case where I, I, I don't feel that it's a system problem. I, I feel that it's individual errors. I don't feel that there's, there's there's personnel in that back four that are good enough to play for Liverpool. Um, the likes of Dejan Lovren, I, I don't think, you know, if, if we play you tomorrow or, or we play Barcelona or Real Madrid, th- these players will get found out within, within an instant. Um, you know, Manchester, Manchester United came to Anfield and everyone was saying how, how well Dejan Lovren defended. But, you know, in reality, what, what did he really have to do? Because United just parked the bus for, for 90 minutes. So, you know, you look at these teams, Huddersfield came, you know, attacking-wise, we blew them out of the water. Same with Maribor. West Ham was, again, you know, when our attack's on top, um, and we don't let the other team get any space, get any time. Then the defensive-wise, we're absolutely fine. But as soon as you know we play a top-level team, we, we, we crumble. Um, and I think Klopp, Klopp's been you know going on for ages about how he can improve these players. You know he's got a track record of of improving players like Emre Chan, Adam Lallana, um, Simon Mignolet to a degree. But I, I just think that there's players in that back four that aren't good enough and won't be good enough to play for Liverpool um, going forward. Dejan Lovren and Alberto Moreno are probably the outstanding two. I mean, he has improved this season, both uh, especially Moreno. But you know, long term, he's just not good enough. Um, mm. And you know, if if I, I, a goal can come from anywhere with Liverpool's defence, I feel like if Chelsea went to Seville, went three 0 up on, on Tuesday, you know, you'd see that game out pretty easily. But our game management and the mentality in our entire team is is, is pretty disastrous at times, um, and it's a real concern. Um, and you know, I, I really wouldn't rule anything out on Saturday. Well, I, yeah, we'll get onto that in a minute, but I kind of agree. I mean, it has to be said actually, Chelsea have had their own uh, kind of brain fart moments this year. I mean. You know, uh, the Roma game at home, which ended up 3-all, where, you know, we were 2-0 ahead and then it was 3-2. 
some terrible defending that night and also more more worrying I think with Liverpool coming up is that Roma attacked us with both intent and pace and we found that very difficult to cope with um, but like you were saying about Liverpool you know individual errors also accounted for that and then the 3-0 defeat at Roma away which was just you know Keystone cop defending in the second half um, so I think we've, we've both got defensive vulnerabilities although again like you you know you've kind of shored up recently so have we I mean we've got four our last four games we've kept clean sheets uh, and of course we're, we're now four four wins into a, a Premier League uh, winning streak which uh, I think you know for Chelsea where there's a bit of mental vulnerability still uh, every time we, we extend that winning run I think the confidence builds which is why I think it's you know, such an important game uh, on Saturday. So in, in a sense, I think, you know, the defences are probably the key, aren't they? You know, can you shut the back door? Can we contain your quite worryingly uh, pacey uh, forward line with Mane and Salah? I mean, do you think that's where the key to the game is? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. I think that's where a lot of the focus will, will be on. I mean, Eden Hazard for you is in, in absolutely terrific form. Mohamed Salah for us is, you know, in the same sort of rich, rich vein of form. Um, but I, I just think both attacking um, dis- displays will be crucial on, on Saturday. Um, I, I, I think Liverpool, you know, are going to be sort of looking to bounce back from Sevilla. As I said, you know, they're going to be at home at Anfield. Chelsea are going to come. You know, under Mourinho, we'd we probably know how they'd set up. But under Conte, it, it's a bit different. Um I, I, I think both attacks will be, will, will be massive. Um, I, I can actually see quite an open game, funnily enough. I think both sides will, will go for it. I'm not sure what, what Conte's been saying this week, but I can see both sides going for it, especially sort of with Chelsea looking to close the gap on Manchester City, which is you know seemingly growing ever larger. Uh, and Liverpool looking to sort of you know you know get, get as close to, to you guys as possible. I mean, I think if we win, do, do we go a point behind you? Um, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure you it's, could well be right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. A, I mean. I think it's, 
it's, I think so. it's pretty tight. I mean, the you know, apart from City, who are still I think eight points clear of us, it's it's pretty tight. Uh, there's about a point between the, the next three or four, so you could well be right. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I think for us, you know, as I was saying, if we win on Saturday, that'll be five games unbeaten. There'll be a real feeling of momentum, and you know, I I, I think for us, it's a question of well, you know, we can start to believe that we actually can challenge City for the title. Without and without sounding patronising, I think for you it's a question of getting in the top four, isn't it? Um, well, it is this season in the Premier League. I mean, there's no chance in hell we're winning the Premier League. So I think top four is is a you know that's the bare minimum for us this season. I, I think if Liverpool don't get into the Champions League, then we've gone backwards. Um, mm. You know, progress has not been made from last season, despite having all the Champions League revenue in the summer, despite having an entire summer to to you know bring players in. Um, and also to, to strengthen at the back, um, so I think that's a bare minimum. You know, an FA Cup would be nice, but I, I don't think it's a massive priority. I mean, depending on how far Liverpool get, it will obviously become more of a priority. But I, I do think for us, it's about sort of you know preparing for for the Champions League qualification rounds, assuming we we can beat Moscow um, and get through. Uh, sorry, the knockout stages and and trying to get into that top four. Um, but this is obviously the busiest period of the year. Liverpool are going to get injuries. Something we saw last season and, and the entire season derailed. So I, I think Liverpool are in a better position this season to, to cope with that. Um, there's no African Cup of Nations, so we're not going to lose any players for that. We've got a January transfer window. Um, you know, Liverpool could very well do, do, do some business there as well. So I think Klopp has the tools to to, 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 to get it right um, this season. I don't think there should be any sort of red flags or warning signs just yet. Um, I thought it's a shame we went out of the League Cup so early on because I think that would have been a, a very good opportunity for a lot of the fringe players in the squad. But I think this season, it, it, you know, it, it's mainly about securing another top four berth and, and also um, getting as far as we can in the Champions League. OK. I mean, uh, you kind of mentioned it a second ago, it's Mo Salah. And of course, we had him for a couple of years. And uh, I'll be really honest with you, I thought he looked really out of his depth. Um I don't know. He just seemed to. I don't. He looked like a player who couldn't handle playing for a, for a big club, basically. And and you know he he runs very fast, but his finishing was terrible. So it's it's it, it's uh, quite strange for Chelsea supporters to see the same Mo Salah. Uh, I mean, he scored 15 goals for you this season. He's been absolutely on fire. Um, have you got any idea what, what the difference is? And don't say what he's playing for Liverpool now, because that'd be too obvious. But you know, something's clearly changed, hasn't it? Because he's he's not the player that we saw a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I think Klopp sort of pointed that out last week um, after the Southampton game. I, I, yeah, I just think when he came to England, um, you know, it, it was a completely new country for him, a new league. You know, he needed time to adapt. He needed games, and he didn't get that at Chelsea. I don't think. Um, you know, he, he did what he had to do. He left Chelsea, went away to Roma, got some, you know, got, got a good amount of experience, um, got a bit older, uh, you know, obviously played in the Champions League. And I, I just think Klopp said it last week. He said, he, you know, when he was at Chelsea, he was a boy and now he's come to Liverpool and he's a man. And I think I think he's right in that aspect. I think, you know, he's grown up a lot. Um, he's obviously been in England before, so he sort of knew what to expect when he was coming to Liverpool. Um, yeah. Go on, Ollie, sorry. No, I was, I was just, you know, he, he's had the Champions League experience. Um, he, he was a marquee signing for Liverpool, and we haven't had a marquee Z. signing for, for a while. Um, you know, if Chelsea buy Mohamed Salah, he's probably not a marquee signing, but for yeah. Liverpool, he really, really was. He was sort of, yeah, he, he was the first marquee signing we've probably had, to be honest with you, since Mario Balotelli. Um, yeah, and and that, I, that was I'm a disaster. I'm astonished by that. I'm, I'm really astonished. I mean, you know, I, I, there's no way on earth that I would see Mo Salah as a as a marquee signing and 
you know, whatever whatever one thinks about Liverpool's relative success over the years, you know, they're still a big club. They're a huge club. They've got a massive name in, in world football still. So I'm really surprised to hear that. But there you go. I just wonder if, if, if um, and I mean, in a sense, this is kind of related. You know, I think I think a lot of success in football is about confidence. A lot of players they need they need that run in the side, like you were saying, and and maybe in a sense, you know, he was more likely to get a run at Liverpool than he was at Chelsea, and that's boosted his confidence. And you know, maybe there's less pressure on him. You know, or, or as you said, maybe he's older and can cope with that. I mean, it's 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 intriguing, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I would have thought he, you know, there would have been pressure on his shoulders because he obviously knew that this was his sort of, you know, he was getting a second chance at England, he was getting a second chance at the Premier League, um, you know, obviously wasn't able to take that first one. Um, so I, I would have thought, you know, although there probably would have been a burning desire to succeed in England, um, that combined with the price tag, because at the time, Mohamed Salah was the most expensive Liverpool transfer ever. Um, obviously, we, we sort of smashed smashed that again um, with uh, Naby Keita, but at, at the time we bought Mohamed Salah, he was Liverpool's most expensive ever signing. Um, but you know, you know, you, you've got to give credit to him; he hasn't let that affect him one single bit. I think he's coming into a team which suits his strengths down to the ground. Um, I think Klopp's sort of, you know, he's perfect for the Klopp system as well. So uh, you know, I, I think, I think you know, a bit of everything really is helped him settle. Okay, well, look, talking of the uh, um, the Klopp system, which is, I mean, he seems pretty wedded to a four-three-three, from what I can see. Um, although he seems a bit uh, ambivalent as to where, ambivalent as to whether he has uh, Coutinho playing in the engine room or he he chooses Can or Chan, if you prefer, uh, Wijnaldum and uh, Henderson. And I mean, you know, I read a very good article the other week, actually, well, a week, other day, by uh, by Football Fancast, and they were saying, um, you know, in a sense. The the three the four three three he's had a problem when he's come up against good teams who play three four three or a variation of it which is kind of what we do and certainly City and Tottenham who absolutely walloped you recently play that way so are you a bit concerned about about what Klopp's going to do in midfield and you know do you think that we'll go four three three or as I hope we'll 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 stick with this three five two that was uh, so impressive against both United and West Brom. Well, Klopp's just had his, his um, pre-match press conference, and he, you know Emre Chan's um, a, a big doubt for for Saturday. Um, Is he? Oh, thank yeah, you for that. he's. Um, I, I think he, he. Yeah, Klopp came out and said he struggled um, in severe. He's got a muscle doubt. Um, so you know, I think if he doesn't play, it, it's a pretty pretty nailed on for Coutinho to start. But I think Coutinho would have started anyway. Um, yeah, well, uh, that, well, that's what worries me, Oli, because he's had this horrible knack of scoring worldy goals against us in the last few seasons. So keeping him uh, well away from the front and sticking him in field suits me perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I don't think we've beaten Chelsea at Anfield since 2012. Um, I yeah, don't we've got a, you're absolutely spot on, mate. The the last time we lost there, we got thumped four one, but that was pretty much with the reserve team. That was, um, it was just. <laughs> well, I think actually it was three days after we'd just beaten you in the FA Cup and about a week before we won the Champions League. So I think there were mitigating circumstances. But since then, we've had four draws and two wins. And of course, last year it was a 1-1 draw. I mean, it's really been, last few seasons has been odd. We, we've been doing well up at Anfield and you've been doing well at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I think we're, we're probably due a win, um, due a win at, at Anfield. Um, but uh... Yeah, I think Chelsea. When Chelsea have come to Anfield in recent seasons, defensively you've been you've been brilliant. Um, and, you know, Liverpool have found it extremely difficult to to win the midfield battle uh, and to sort of find any space up top as well, really. Um, so 
you know, I, I, I think both attacks, as we said earlier, will, will be extremely important. Um, defensively, Chelsea are, are renowned for, for being you know, very good when it comes to Anfield and Liverpool can really turn up and, and do anything. We could, you know, be extremely resilient um, or we could completely crumble. Um, but I, I just think, you know, with, with some of the personnel we touched on earlier in that squad, that, um, you know, the, the chances of, res- of crumbling are, are enhanced massively. But, yeah. So what uh, you know? What, what's your biggest concern, worry about Chelsea? I mean, I know you've mentioned the attack, but uh, you know more specifically, where, where do you think the, th- the key threats are going to come from from us? Well, obviously, Eden Hazard is in the form of his life, similar to Mohamed Salah. I think he's going to be crucial. Uh, Morata's been scoring for you. He, he seems to have settled in pretty nicely. Um, have, is, is N'Golo Kante can, you know, fit and ready? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is the beauty of the Carabag game, which I think you know worried a lot of us because it was so far away is that uh, not only did he rest Bakayoko and uh, Christensen but uh, Kante, Hazard and Alonso who are all very key to us came off you know after about an hour or so they weren't you know they didn't play a full 90 minutes that's for sure so hopefully and I mean and as I said you know they were playing against 10 men it was 4-0 it was an easy win so none of them really broke a sweat so I think that we'll be at full well we I know we're going to be at full strength on, on Saturday and apparently Moses is going to be on the bench as well yeah, see that, that that's exactly what Liverpool should have been able to do on Tuesday. Um, I mean, Klopp did bring bring uh, Salah off in the end, but you know we should have been able to, to bring Coutinho, Firmino, Salah, Mane all off with with twenty minutes to go. Um, yeah. And I, you know whether that sort of um, has a, has an effect. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will do, but whether it will have an effect in a in a sense where the players become fatigued quicker on, on Saturday remains to be seen but I, I just think Chelsea is strong everywhere I mean you know from your goalkeeper to your, to your centre forward I mean the, the, you know there's a lot of strength there um, you know there's still questions marks over our goalkeeper um, you know whereas with yours yeah. it, it seems to be pr- pretty nailed on I mean Gary Cahill um, and, and Rudiger is, is, is he nailed on? yeah, yeah. Um, I mean he, he seems to have settled pretty quickly as well yeah, I mean, we're looking a lot stronger, I think, in depth than we were last season. Of course, the one concern we have is, is if anything happens to Morata on Saturday, because uh, Batshuayi, I think, who's our you know our only other striker, is still injured. So uh, hopefully, you know, he won't get a boot in the in the rear end from one of your players early on. Um, look, bottom line is, Ollie, I think it's set up really, really well. And I mean, you know, for myself, you know, in a sense, you know, when one looks at your attack and and when one looks at your defence, it, it's it's set up for lots and lots of goals, like you were saying, an open game. But, you know, having said all that, I've got a suspicion it might be an, a gnarly old tight game with either one goal deciding it or a draw. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, we, we all, Liverpool fans all knew how Manchester United were going to come and set up. Um, you know, and that was a nil-nil. Um, we, we haven't, you know, we, we played Arsenal early in the season and destroyed them 4-0, but obviously Chelsea, will, you know, they'll be more, more, they won't be as naive as Arsenal were. Um, we, but we, might, I, we might put in a tackle, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you certainly, I, I certainly can't see you parking the bus for 90 minutes. Um, no, no. So, yeah, I, 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 it, it may be one of those where sort of it gets hyped up to, to be a lot of goals, you know, both attacks in scintillating form. But as you say, you know, we, kickoff might occur and, and it, it might be extremely tight. Um, I, I really wouldn't rule that out. I, I, I just, I do worry about about that though because if, if you know, if it is a tight game, um, you know, and, and you can sort of settle the crowd down because obviously, you know, a Saturday night under the lights at Anfield, the crowd's going to be really up for it. And if you know, if Chelsea can come and frustrate Liverpool, then the crowd will sort of, uh, you know, you know, it will affect the crowd and it will, that will in turn affect the players. Um, but mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I don't know. La- Come la- on. Last season was Colours on the Mars. Colours on the Mars, Dolly. What's the score prediction? Well, I, I've, I've said 2-1 to, to Liverpool. I, I think Liverpool need to bounce back. Um, and I think this is the perfect game to do it. And it means I can enjoy my Saturday night as well. So I'm going to go for that. <laughs> well, there is that, isn't there? I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I think it's really, really hard to predict it. Um, I'm going to go for a Chelsea win, obviously. But I think largely because I, I just think it's really important that we keep that winning momentum going at the moment. Um, I think the first goal is going to be absolutely crucial. Um we don't we don't tend to lose when we score the first goal, but when we concede, it can be a bit tricky. Uh, so I, I'm going to say Chelsea by the odd goal. So I'll say t- you say two one to Liverpool. I'll say two one to Chelsea. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, if we lose, to pretty Chelsea horrible Saturday, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it, if we do lose, if we do lose on Saturday, I mean, it, it, it will be it, it won't be good for Liverpool. Um, it really won't. I think Liverpool have to go and make a statement after what happened in midweek. Um, mm. And this is the perfect game to do it. But you know, on the other hand, it could also be the, the worst possible time to face Chelsea because obviously, you, you know, you, you're on the back of four consecutive wins as well, and you've started to pick up form. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, well, we will indeed. Uh, all will be revealed by about half seven on Saturday, and uh, we shall see. And uh, to the victor go the spoils. Anyway, Ollie, it's been a real pleasure uh, talking to you on the show, and. Uh, and for you to spend some time doing that. I muchly appreciate that. And uh, good luck with the Anfield HQ and all the good work you do for Liverpool supporters there. Been a real pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.